Holy cow, everybody. Hey, this is episode 100 of the podcast. Great health does not have to be a mission impossible. Are you kidding me? 100 episodes. Boom. Wow. Okay, so um, I'm pretty happy about that. And we're still getting uh, pretty decent information, uh, enough people that have listened. So at, at the end of this podcast, we're just going to throw a shout out to anybody that emails us or the first person that emails us. Uh, here, here's what I want. Uh, ideas of things you want to know about. And the best ideas of things you want to know about, and, and email at the offices or um, office at choosenewleaf.com. That's pretty easy uh, email to get to. Nothing fancy in the wording that goes there. And, and your best topic that you want to listen to um, or any feedback that you want. I mean, hey, why do you listen to this? Is the information good? Yes, no. And, and I'm going to make it worth your effort. So any information can be vitally helpful to help us get forward. But as we started this podcast, I, I, I wanted to explain where I came from and some autoimmunity and some health challenges that I'd gone through and, and the things that I did to abuse my body and things I did to ignore my body and the things I had to go to learn. And, and you know, a lot of people need energy. Um, a lot of people, as, as they get and they start to learn things and they, they hear about permeable uh, membrane issues. So, um, you know, a lot of people with COVID had leaky lung. A lot of people with brain fog have leaky brain. Um, Alzheimer's dementia. So you get this thing called a permeable membrane, and that's a leaky gut that comes along. And then you get an autoimmunity. Now, the number one autoimmunity in the world is Hashimoto's thyroiditis and how to protect, uh, to test for it. And then what to do about things because a lot of, whether it's cardiovascular health or whether it's brain health or whether it's um, uh, you're looking at uh, to, to try to prevent conditions that you've had in your family history or that you currently have, and even including autoimmunity, what, what do you do about it? So as the podcast has gone along, I have a little bit of save your brain and autoimmunity, more explanations, uh, getting into food allergy versus food sensitivity, stress relief, a big deal, and, and then child development. I mean, if you have children, uh, and we have cases that come into the office all the time, uh, like for whatever reason, a third of our practice is pediatric, and it, it is, um, that's great. You're catching the kids, but a lot of the parents are like, I want my kid to be uh, a healthy. Uh, I want my kid to be um, functioning. I want my kid to be, you know, or, or they're in school and they're struggling. And, you know, a, a teacher is saying that they have ADD or ADHD or, or whatever. Okay, so there are patterns that come along with kids, and I'm totally uh, responsive to that. Um, but in the current state of the way that things are, too many teachers are making a diagnosis on a child without evaluation. And... Uh, unfortunately, I haven't met a teacher yet that has gone through functional neurology. Uh, when that happens, great. We'll, we'll have a wonderful conversation. And hopefully they get out and they get to, to teach the teachers about things to look for and how to articulate that to the parents and how to get them properly tested. So some of the ADD and ADHD testing isn't complete when you're looking at the functionality of the brain. So if, if a kid has a frontal lobe issue where ADD and ADHD more hit, yeah, you're going to see that. But what if the frontal lobe is completely intact? But yet they have behavioral issues. It's not, it's not ADD. <laughs> okay, it's something else. And there's a big thing that's coming up in the world right now that we're seeing with uh, what's called spike proteins and going to the immune system and, and everything else that that is creating um, dysautonomia with so many children. And so it it appears and it looks like to be ADD. Now ADD, ADHD, autism are all interlinked at this point, and it has to do with proper brain development. So I go through that, and I'm just giving some highlights of a, a podcast, episode 16 and 17. And then we get into fertility issues. Uh, there's a, 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 it's such a big movement in the world right now with infertility and having fertility. And, and it wasn't just 
COVID, but we know now with the research that COVID goes to the um, ovaries and it has antibodies to it. But there are so many other things such as uh, a concussion, such as environmental toxins, such as a leaky gut, such as autoimmunity that also goes there and creates fertility issues. And those are on the rise anyway, pre-COVID, but COVID didn't exactly help. And we talk about taking care of your, your own health. Understand. So with health insurance, my two cents that goes with it, um, nobody uses their home insurance to do maintenance on their home. And when you have maintenance on your car, you don't use car insurance for that. Um, you don't use life, use life insurance, um, you know, just to have a better life. <laughs> it's, it's really for the future. And so for whatever reason, you know, and it started in the 70s and 80s, and it just kind of maintained its way through, people think that if they pay for health insurance, it should take care of all their health care needs, and they're not really responsible for it. And that's that's the downfall of, uh, I'm going to blame our medical system and our insurance companies for doing that. They allowed that to happen, and it didn't matter. I mean, in the 70s and 80s, somebody go to, let's say, an acupuncturist or chiropractor, and they get 100% paid for uh, you can go to the medical doctor and you get 100% paid for. And then 2000, 2001, we had a um, you know a dot com crash, and then all the bigger companies are like, okay, I need you to kind of start paying into this health insurance issue. And then uh, the uh, President Obama came, and we had uh, your um, Affordable Cares Act, but we weren't really allowed to keep our own doctors. And yeah, our prices changed. Uh, I don't know about your family, but we went from like $300 a month to $1,200 a month, and then. Uh, you know, through the last uh, four years, so we went from $1,200 a month to you can get real close to $2,000 a month, and we're not alone. Um, these are just out-of-pocket expenses, and what does it cover for you? It covers if you're in a catastrophic event. I still have a copay for every office visit I go to. I still have a copay for every laboratory radiology thing. I still have a copay if we, let's say, get uh, a medication. I still have to pay out-of-pocket to get healthy. I still have to figure out my own health. I still have to do that. So health insurance is not your health. It's your life-threatening coverage. If your house burns down, your health and your home insurance is going to kick in. But if you have, let's say, a leak and it's up to, let's say, your deductible is $5,000, you are paying for it. You're paying for it along the way. You have to do maintenance on your home. If you try to sell your home without any maintenance on your home, you're going to get your butt kicked when it goes to selling a home. Same with a car. And so if you don't take care of yourself that way, I mean, that's 100% your choice. I'm not judging you either way or, or back and forth. But what I'm trying to do with the education that comes along here is get people in front of this, get people educated that you're not going to be taken care of. Our healthcare system, if you haven't noticed in the last three years, has absolutely failed us. It has. If you're in a car wreck, you're, you're probably being taken care of. But what about all this long-term health and making sure the immunity is fine and making sure that you're a healthy, happy individual and you don't have anything? I mean, look at look at the incidence of heart disease and cancer. They are absolutely exploding. The incidences of children being sick, absolutely exploding. So healthcare is a, the name healthcare is a joke. That's not, when you go to the emergency room, it's life-saving. I'm, I'm going to be perfectly clear. I, I, I would go there, okay? When I have a life-saving event, I would go there. But healthcare, for your long-term health, for longevity it's failing and so many people now have chronic issues maybe and and by the way most men have issues they just ignore it um getting dizzy or chronic pain or whatnot and then they find out that they have cardiovascular issues and so as i've gone through these podcasts i've talked about um things that are very common in the research but just uncommon in doctor's offices so we have people that come in i don't understand what oral and immune intolerance is so um, episodes 23 and 24 and 
through 26 it explains what these really mean in detail because I don't always have the time in the office to do it, but neither does a lot of other doctors. So I'm putting it together not just for my own patients. Uh, I'm putting it together for, for other doctors to help explain what these things mean when you start to become allergic to everything in your environment, uh, whether it's food or, you know, you're pumping gas or um, these things happen. What does that mean? What does that, what, what does the research show? What, what should you do to stop it? If you don't get in front of it, what does this mean? If you decide you're just going to take um, antacids or antihistamines, what does that mean? Are those beneficial or are they not? And then, you know, exercise could be a whole bunch of of options around there, um, you know, what, what's more important, that or sleep. <laughs> so um, we talk about that. And then why the need to, be to, to even run blood tests and what is a, a proper group of blood tests. Um, I have a degree in clinical laboratory science and um, uh, from the American um, College of Pathology. And so blood tests are vital, um, but they're not perfect. And so I, I get into the details. So if, if one, one test really doesn't define you or how your outcome is going to be. And so as I go through these um, particular events, I, I really go through, especially in the podcast, of why we need blood tests and then when don't we need blood tests because you can be over-tested. Uh, there's no question. One of the things that, uh, and especially is coming out now with long hauler syndrome, COVID, but a lot of people had it and why their, their condition is worse than others is something called endotoxemia. And so you have a lipopolysaccharide that goes and affects the the gut and the brain and lungs and then you have other issues that come along with it so episode 29 goes through that um and then i have a whole series on autoimmunity especially hashimoto's autoimmunity and um if you haven't read the book um why is my thyroid not working by dr datis Krasian, i highly encourage you to get that and then I, I i take it a little bit further and some other things that go along with it because you can only put so much in a book um, I get that because I wrote a book that's called Treat Yourself because I want people to be aware of their environment and take care of themselves and then know when to, A, get tested and B, be able to talk to the doctor. Um, doctors are not all-knowing. I, I don't know everything. There, there's no way I'm ever going to know everything, and, but I will be the first to admit that. I've been in enough doctor's offices. doesn't matter what field that doctor is all-knowing. And if for me, I, I that doesn't jive with me. I, I get I'm going to fire you. I'm going to move to the next doctor. And so I find doctors that I have a candid conversation with. What's that's reality here? Um, treat me like a person. And then as we have this established relationship, then treat me like your patient um, and guide me along to, to get there. And that's that's the way I like to be treated. And that's the way I, like. I think most people do. You know, I mean, um, you know, I mean, some people, yeah, they need some tough love and they need to, you know, come to grips with the situation that's going on and let's get forward. But that's not everybody. That's not everybody. We need to, to learn to, to get along with each other regardless of how you feel. So uh, some of the things that, that uh, topics that I, I brought up were, you know, um, Lyme disease, for instance, uh, cytomegavirus, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, glutathione, uh, obesity, uh, diabetes, cardiovascular disease. Um, and I actually have a whole cardiovascular um, section uh, that starts in episode 39, and it's um, pretty decent. I, I mean, it, it, it goes through and it breaks down all the different ways to check for cardiovascular disease. And, and not necessarily the fallacy in the medical world, but the limitations on what they do. A lot of cardiologists are pretty smart individuals. They really are. Um, and so the the cost to be out on their own and do their own thing is is astronomical. So they usually have to go to work for a... Um, 
a facility and the facility has rules and the facility binds what they can do. And, and so, um, I feel sorry for him, but that's just the way that that profession has gone. And then, of course, they're getting absolutely hammered right now with, you know, here's a bunch of cardiologists saying, hey, there's a spike protein that's screwing things up and causing uh, sudden death syndrome and uh, cardiomyopathies and myocarditis. And then there's the uh, the bigger facilities or even, you know, colleges are saying, I don't care. Don't talk about it. Shut it down. So I, I just go through the, the information that's there and I, what, what to do with it is is 100% up to you. And then there's there's thing called um, photobiometrics or a photobiomodulation, which is red light therapy. And there's red light therapy where you can get it from a sauna. There's red light therapy you can get from a, a device. It's called a 3B laser uh, and why they're so important and how that's being used, whether it's cardiovascular, whether it's diabetes, whether it's um, brain issues, neurodegeneration. So I have a whole series about neurodegeneration, neurodegeneration, how to reverse Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, how to get in front of it, how to stop it, how to be tested for it. So if you have anybody in your family, you're starting having brain fog. These are these are good things to take a, a peek at, and or maybe why your brain isn't working uh, the way you want it to. Um, I also go into genetics, and there's genetics in COVID, but genetics in general, and. What's good and bad about looking at genetics? Um, just because you have all these markers here for genetics doesn't mean you're going to get everything. It's about epigenetic expression and, and how that applies to it. So if you're just looking at genetics and not looking at an exam or history or blood work, it, it's, not an, it's not complete. So you want to have very good treatment um, about being complete. And, and a lot of people, they have a lot of stress. So how do you deal with stress? But how do you deal with it? Um, how do you make the brain and the body work better? And so I got into one of the things we see that's working so well for people that have all the issues we've already talked about. It's acupuncture. And then what, what kind of acupuncture? There's more than one kind. There's like 33 ways of stimulated acupuncture point. Needles are one. You don't have to have them. But how do you get guided along the way? So just like a blood test, there's a device that's called an acugraph. And, and why you need, if you're going to do acupuncture, that's what you want to find is somebody with an acugraph. Because the cool thing about an acugraph, well, there's... You can spend thousands and thousands of hours of, of learning the acupuncture points and the, the way to make it flow. And um, and to be really, really good with it, the acupuncture takes like 95% of that education and puts it into an actual um, physical and reproducible test. The other, let's say 5 to 10% is the doctor's understanding and knowledge or, hey, let's do this, let's do that, let's reconnect this, which is, you know, for some people that they need that extra 5 to 10%, but the majority of people get so much benefit from just having an acugraph and go through it. Now, one of the things that's, that's happening in our world, not only just obesity, but we have diabetes, um, type 1, type 2, and type 3 um, that is is going out. And a lot of, a lot of these people are um, getting into a lot of pain or um, they're trying the particular diets that come along. And so I go into, in some of these episodes, different diets that are out there. I mean, you could go on paleo caveman diet. You can go on autoimmune protocol, autoimmune paleo. You could go on Whole30. You can go on Shape Reclaimed. You could go on keto. You could go on um, intermittent fasting. You could go on uh, longevity diet slash um, fast mimicking diet. Um, and then there could be a combination of all these. And I, I could go on with, with these, these dietary options, whether it's Mediterranean or what. But as I go through these programs, for instance, cardiovascular health, um, and there's carnivore too. Well, depending on the tests that come along, I try to explain what would be the best dietary plan for that individual. And then you have to take genetics into effect. So some people 
uh, have genetics uh, that limit things, and some people have events that limit things. So, for instance, if you have like a, um, a GDT gene, you probably don't digest fats very well, so you have a, a weakened gallbladder. Um, but if you had a gallbladder removed, you have a weakened gallbladder, and you may not have the gene for it all. So that's what I'm trying to explain, where genetics may not be everything. There's life events that have to be uh, taken a look at, too. Um, in, in our in our world, in our practice, we, we've had a referral for a patient, and then the referral was the indicator was that she had uterian fibroids. Okay, cool. Um, we can run tests, and there's uh, ultrasound and, and other things we can do radio, radiographically, but in, in the exam, in the history, turns out she's had a complete hysterectomy. Um, you referred for uterian fibroids, but there was no history to any, or an exam <laughs> that went along with it. So I'm not being mean to other doctors, but this is where I'm trying to, to explain that your history Sitting down and talking with a, a patient, I mean, this is one of the most bizarre turns of events that has happened and has really helped our practice, not necessarily, I mean, yes, it's growing, but the success rate of our patients uh, are growing. And, and I watch a lot of these hospitals, and um, this is just my two cents on it, and they're, they're um, celebrating that 9% of their patients died from COVID, only 9%. And which is the the average um, in hospital is about twelve to fifteen percent. Okay, so that's that's good. But I want you to think about what I just said. They're celebrating death. I don't find that to be the marker that we should be going for. You should, you want to celebrate life. I mean, we celebrate when somebody passes away. Hopefully, we're not celebrating their death unless I mean, you, get, you know, they were. It's just an awful evil person. And even that said, um, you know, who knows about their future? But in in the event of, of celebration of only 9% of people died or 15% of people died, well, the world average is like 1.95%. And yes, it was higher in the elderly communi community, but you're still way higher than that. So what what's missing? That's that's where I'm at. I'm not trying to start a fight or, or, or go through there. I'm, I'm trying to talk logic and, and the, the scientific approach that, that has been provided is worse than sitting at home and doing nothing. I have a 300% higher chance of going into your institution and dying than I do sitting at home. That's not, that's not good. So where I'm coming with this, and if you're in the medical world listening to this, understand that, that the people coming into my offices and offices like mine have utter disdain for the medical community. And here I am trying to talk them back into it. It's like a, a child that comes home and is like, my teacher sucks. <laughs> or my friend sucks. And I hate them. Okay. Well, they don't completely suck. I can agree with you on this one. This is this is not good. But there's other things that you need to, to take a look at. Or, hey, you, you actually have a condition that's gone beyond anything conservative. And you just taken away and thrown away your medications right now. And now you have unmanaged either diabetes or blood pressure. Are you? I want you to consider <laughs> what you're doing, and that taking a let's say vitamin C isn't going to recorrect that, or how many adjustments you have is not going to correct that. They can help, but they're not going to correct that because sometimes your tissue is far beyond what it is. So my job as a doctor is to hang out in both departments, and I'm not a medical doctor, but I, I hung out in the, the hospitals long enough to appreciate what they're what they're there for and, and why I would want somebody to go there or be taken care of. I mean, we have 
family members in the nursing and pharmacy and medical doctor field and osteopathic and PA and nurse practitioner. And that, that's just through our family, um, even radiology, just our own family alone. And the, the mantra, at least in our family, is that you treat everybody like your family. Now, some people are real jerks. And so, and, but guess what? Some people in our family are real jerks. <laughs> um, there, there's a, you know, we're, we're an after, average, I would say, 50, 60% of our family has had a divorce or two. Fine. And so there's some family members that we don't agree with. And there's going to be patients that we don't agree with. But that doesn't mean we can't treat them with respect and like our own. And I would hope that in the medical community that, that everybody's getting that, but we know they're not. And in, in, in an alternative world, I hope that we treat that way, but we know they're not. So we just need to do better um, as, as a society. A group of, of podcasts, which is essentially, why do I feel this way? And it's really about anxiety, depression, and other mood disorders. And it starts in episode 72 and it goes for... Um, um, six parts that goes through there. So, so many people don't understand why they have anxiety, depression, or other mood disorders. And so I go through, what can you do maybe naturally? Um, what about other influencing factors or hormones? And then the real research that comes along with the, the current approach to anxiety, depression, and mood disorders, and why there needs to be some understanding. So if you're stuck in that, um, the information that will be there, I think will be vitally helpful to you. Um, and then I go into some diets, you know, carnivore, um, Lyme disease. Um, if you have kids and they have, they're, they're going out on, um, you know, just little things like, um, let's go candy shopping on, uh, <laughs> whether it's holiday. I mean, there's all these different holidays that come along. You know, the first one that gets you the most candy is obviously Halloween, but kids get candy for Christmas. Kids get candy for New Year's. Kids get candy for, um, Valentine's Day. And then, um. You know, adults get different type of candy when it comes to um, March seventeenth. Um, so we have St. Patrick's Day, and then what do we do to eat? Whether it's Memorial Day or Labor Day or Fourth of July, I mean, all these gatherings. And you know, what's an approach to 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 be with that? What if you travel? How do you manage yourself when you travel? Or you just let it go and say screw it? Or or here's some ideas. So I, I put these things that are out there to help people with that. And then some nutrients, whether it's phosphatidylcholine, um, there's phosphatidylserine, minerals, and then a little bit more specific into this is where we get a lot of um, referrals, whether it's fertility or, or kids that have the MTHFR. Um, why isn't everybody tested and what does it really mean? So th those things are um, podcasts, and then we are podcasted, and they're in the 86, 87 range. And then I have a 12 part series that ended the last one about long haul syndrome long hauler syndrome long covid these are all similar they're uh, the same name for the same issue and in our office um i'm seeing two to three new cases of this a week the good thing is i'm not seeing everybody has it so um again if, if you have a doctor that you go to and this is just my own two cents stand up on a soapbox and everybody that comes in the door has a parasite or yeast or um, long haul syndrome or a parasite, it doesn't really matter. Man, that they're only they got one hammer and everything is the nail in front of them. Um, 
for our family, when they go to a doctor, I want that doctor to have as many tools in their box as possible and to do a complete evaluation. And so I do ask questions uh, as we come through here. And so, no, not everybody that's walking through my door has long haul syndrome. But three years ago, I had none. <laughs> and so let's say in a, a month, um, because of the conservative approach that we do, we can't see as many new people as possible. But let's say we can see 20 a month. Five of them are coming in with this this condition. Um, and then we're even having some relapsed issues with our own patients that had chronic fatigue syndrome or fibromyalgia, or now they're allergic to everything, which is a mast cell, um, what's called a mast cell response activation syndrome that goes along with it. Um, so let's say 20% of our own clients, or, or maybe they've been away from our office for uh, six months to a year or whatever, and because they're doing so well, and all of a sudden this thing has come in and affected them and, and brought them back to like square one, and they're like, what happened? I was doing everything so right. Yeah, okay, but your body didn't know how to handle this new protein and it's it's fine you're not alone because the the guesstimation is between 30 and 50 percent of the human population is going to have this so um fortunately for us in our office and and all the patients that we saw in the last three years we have had zero patients pass away from covid zero um but at this point and then what at one point it was 2021 it was like two people it even got covid so we got through that nasty wuhan side of it and then the omicron and delta variants came and it was like oh boy <laughs> and now i would be willing to guess that close to 100 percent of people have been exposed have got it have got a shot it doesn't matter uh, how it gets in the, the spike protein so we're, we're following the researchers out there and then dr david patterson we're doing cytokine testing uh through our labs and making sure that that none of these things are coming back or there's other things to, to deal with so um, we're very fortunate to have uh, again zero deaths documented that have come through our office and the people that um have the privilege of of helping um for the most part they follow a pretty healthy lifestyle and not everything's perfect no life is perfect not every diet is perfect not every exercise program is perfect but they get it and so these little things they start to add up over time these little things okay you're you're missing this or that in your your nutrients and so we're going to supplement with that and then um Again, the, the treatment part of what, what I was talking about earlier, the treatment part of what I, I have done for years has become diminished. The, the office visits have become a review of history. What's happened since your last time? Positive, negative. We moved you to this dietary change. We put you into this exercise program. We had you do this. We sent you over to have, let's say, a dentist or whatever, or I sent you to a cardiologist. And where are you at now? And then what's your quality of life? What's your energy like? Um, are you able to handle life? Because some people, they can't, the, the anxiety, the depression, they, they can't get out and do things. Got it. So are we baby-stepping them into things? So are they able to go shopping? Are they able to take care of themselves? Okay, those are there's a start. Oh, there's a kid in school. Are they paying attention better in school? How is the the response? Is the the grades doing better? Uh, is their memory coming up and, and a job performance too? Same thing. Are you able to get to work and stay at work and nobody's getting on to you and you're getting through your things or you've gotten a promotion? Uh, have somebody else taken notice of you? I want these quality of lives, these improvements to be there and documented for us because that means that those those whatever's been researched that we're using in our office is working 
and that not everybody, I mean, and everybody that comes in falls into a pattern or we can call anybody classical. Well, you're, you can run a blood test for Hashimoto's and it's there. We can run an ultrasound. You have all the symptoms. Okay. Is that classic Hashimoto's? It's classified as Hashimoto's, but how your body responds, your gut, your brain, your, your immune system, your emotions, it's, it's only unique to you. So you have to go look at all these possible potentials to look ahead and, and make sure that we're, we're turning anything that's, again, the root of inflammation is, is, is everything for disease, making sure these inflammatory responses are turned off. And there is no single approach for anybody. It's a multitude of um, approaches and, you know, even dietary changes. They may not be forever. Maybe you need to be on Mediterranean for like three months. Uh, but we're monitoring blood pressure, and so blood pressure is unstable. And now, and now we have um, maybe a lectin issue, so we're moving on to um, carnivore or something like that. Um, that's not for everybody. <laughs> you know, there's there's pescatarian. That, yeah, I'm not a big fan of vegan and vegetarian. That doesn't mean I, I'm despising everybody who's vegan or vegetarian. There are certain subsets of people based on their genetics and their lifestyle that that is beneficial to them. And then vice versa for the vegans and vegetarians that are out there. There are people who do really, really well on carnivore and their autoimmunity essentially disappears. Their, their inflammatory markers go away. Their life improves. So we can't be um, one thing, one subset, one supplement, one medication, one diet, one exercise fits all. It doesn't. It's a combination of all these things. So again, that's why the office visits have become more of an investigational questionnaire. <laughs> where I'm, I'm questioning how did this work, how did this not work? Should we double down on what's working and then see what happens? Should we um, scrap what we were doing because I don't see a benefit? <laughs> Do you see a benefit? And, and you, you know, and, and again, there's, I've learned over the last quarter century of working with people that I don't, I don't have all the answers, but I also don't have the authority to tell them what to do. And I, I think that's where the big difference in a lot of doctors are. Uh, just because you have a piece of paper and doesn't mean you have the authority. Everybody's different. So figure out what works best for them and then sit back and use your knowledge and expertise and experience to help them get the same results that your successes have had. And it, that sucks because, again, the last three years, chemistry has changed. Life has changed. Lifestyles have changed. Income has changed. And inflation has changed. Um you got to figure out how to do it for yourself. And having a good guidance and a, a good, we'll call it a health coach, uh, and that's, I mean, I, I don't want to diminish the efforts that myself and other doctors have, have done to try to help people, but that's really at the nature of what we are. Um, a coach doesn't play the game. They, they tell people to get in the right position, and it's the player's job to do it, to execute it. And that's really what we are. I'm not going to cook for you. I'm not going to make your supplements for you. I'm not going to have you take your supplements. I'm not going to tell you when to go to bed or when to work out. I'm not. But I'll help you find and decipher what works best for you. And so that's where the I believe the magic comes and, and all this. And I'm grateful that I've had the opportunity to put a 100 podcasts together with what we're seeing and what's going on. And so um, whoever sends me the best... Um, I guess, overview, what you think of this podcast, whoever sends me some of the best ideas for future ones, um, you're going to get a full lab review with me. And that's going to be 
part of it. And what that comes in is, is when I, I tell people I'm going to do a lab review, we have your blood tests or you've had recent blood tests. And what we do is we put them into our own, we call it our, um, our trend. And our, our trend just tells us, especially if there's like two sets of blood tests. So the first one really isn't a trend, it's just the baseline. But what we've done over the years, whether it's um, uh, what's called IFM, uh, International Functional Medicine University, um, the there's like five or six different functional medicine groups out there. And so I don't think anybody's right. I don't think anybody's wrong. I just think that there has to be kind of a collection. So if everybody thinks that, um, and this, for instance, there's a blood test that's called a GFR, glomerular filtration rate, which tells you that if you're essentially below 59, that's what most labs have said, you're in stage five or stage one kidney disease. There's five stages. It gets universally agreed to. Um, functional medicine ranges aren't universally agreed to, but homeostasis and what's called the standard of um, health, it's pretty close to being universal of what, Everybody thinks it's normal. And, and blood tests, by the way, go by standard deviations. And I go into the, the whole blood test. And in order to be outside of it, you have to be on three standard deviation. Unless you're trying to push something. So you can change statistics and deviations and whatnot. So I, I tend to stay with what these primary standard deviation of any blood tests of what they would have for any 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 lab that they would use. We go calculate it and figure that out. So I, I just, when we go through a lab review, I'm educating you like you're a doctor. Uh, hey, there's... Let's talk about um, what's called LEOX. It should never should be above 60. Um, so if you're at 40, high five. But what if you're at 80? What does this mean? How does this look to this test to that test? Because you can't just, again, one blood test doesn't define you. Uh, so we had an individual that came yesterday, and LDLOX is great. Homocysteine is great. His total cholesterol is great. His HDL is great. His LDL total is great, but he had an NNR fractionalization, which there's different companies that use fractionalization, whether it's Cleveland Heart Clinic, um, Lab Coralant Quest, um, which owns Berkeley Heart Test now. And so they, they look at these fractionalization lipids in a different way. And all he has is elevated fractionalized lipids that are LDLC, uh, which is a smaller version of it. And yes, there is definitely risk factors that go along with it. And so we want to do what we can to mitigate those risk factors. But he's worried about instantaneous death, stroke, heart attack. The calcium artery score is normal. All these other tests are normal. He carries this gene. He knows about it that allows him to make more of this, okay? So we have to make sure that his inflammation, his antioxidants, uh, things that oxidize him or reactive oxygen species that are from free radicals are at a minimal. And so it's, in, in, in other words, for this individual, I'm empowering him to be in control of this. He's not limited by this gene. He's not limited by this one test because all the other tests are negative. And like homocysteine LDLOX have like 20 to 24 times more um, higher risk factors than LDL itself. LDL has a, a four to six time risk factor. So let's, for instance, if somebody is, um, has a high LDL, they have a six times more risk factor than somebody that doesn't to have a cardiovascular event. But now we're looking at LDLX and homocysteine and they're like 20 and 24 or a TMAO, which is can be 24 and they're all negative. Cool. <laughs> Versus somebody who has a normal LDL and they have a high homocysteine or they have a high C-reactive protein or they have a high uh, TMAO. Those have higher risk factors. So you got to look at the whole picture. And, and so that, that's the fun part of doing it. And I, I really, truly enjoy um, doing that, even talking to doctors about their patients, trying to help them get there. 
Uh, I know you have a lot of podcasts you can listen to. I appreciate you listening to ours. Um, if you'd like to learn more about our office, go to choosenewleaf.com. And again, if you have that um, something you'd like to tell us or or give us feedback or something, uh, a new topic that comes around, it's, uh, send an email to um, office at choosenewleaf.com. I'm Dr. Alan Hallett. It's great health is not to be a mission impossible. Be well. This podcast, Great Health Does Not Have to Be a Mission Impossible, provides you information about evidence-based strategies for Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, gut health problems, digestion, autoimmune disease, brain health issues, and many other chronic health conditions. If you enjoy this podcast, you can find more information on today's episode, nutrition, Dr. Trite's blog, and many other topics at choosenewleaf.com. There you'll have all the information, and thank you for listening to this podcast. The best thing to do is sign up for his newsletter, where he'll update you on the latest research and clinical strategies related to chronic and autoimmune health conditions. You can find Dr. Trite's social media on Instagram and Facebook with the username New Leaf Health. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional health care services, including the giving of medical advice. Note, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and materials linked to the podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical conditions they have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.